You're listening to the Geriatric Mamas Podcast with Jessica Raziri and Sonia Tapley. Hello, welcome back, friends. Um, we've missed you guys so much. Actually, hey guys. we have recording. <laughs> we, we literally just recorded episode one, so. Yeah, we just got done like, like <laughs> 10, and I 10 just, minutes ago. <laughs> just took a pee break. <laughs> took a pee break. I got more. I, fr- got I, freshened, I freshened my iced tea. Yeah. I got, I got some more Diet Coke. <laughs> We are, you know, we miss you though. We're just, we miss you. Getting right into it today. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would ask how you've been, to talk but I, mean, about. I, I literally I mean, just got, talked to you. Yeah. No, we do. We do. This is a, this is a so good much. episode. This, this episode is literally the reason we're doing this. Um, yeah. it's literally what has, you know, pushed us into talking about it. Um, it's the reason we're here. We're going to talk about the stigma around being mm-hmm. an older mom. Um, you know, I don't know about you guys, but Sonia and I have definitely felt it. Um, if not mm-hmm. from other people, then definitely like from our own inner demons, ourselves, maybe mm-hmm. our families, mm-hmm. um, maybe not, coworkers. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just something that has been kind of look down on in a way. Um, and we want to change that. So I think the way to change that is to talk about it. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, to lean in, let's just, let's just lean, lean in into it. I feel like at this point <laughs> we've just like flopped into it. We're, we're done yeah. leaning. We've flopped in. Yeah. And we're I here like flopped into geriatric mamahood, right? When everyone was like, geriatric mamahood shouldn't be a term, but now I'm just, I've accepted it. <laughs> and now we're I've here. We're like, it. but we're here. We're here. Right. So it's, well, here it's like geriatric pregnancy. Apparently they're yeah. like, the term is advanced maternal age. Like, first of all, that's not any fucking better. No. Also, no. you know, it's still, rude, no, so. <laughs> it just takes longer to say that's all. Yeah. No, it does. But um, I actually, we we did some research for you guys for this episode. So I'm probably going to be stumbling over some names and everything. This is not just like my own thoughts. Um, I actually did do some homework for this episode. She did. So. She did and I'm going to be cheering her on. I'm going to be cheering her on with these words. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. Well, we were both cheerleaders. So yeah. give me your best. Um, but no, but seriously. So, um, in my research, actually a fact that I've really been hanging on to that I had no idea was that a hundred thousand women, 40 plus conceive in the U S each year. Did Mm -hmm. you know that? I didn't. Like I had no idea. Women each year in the U S in their forties are Mm -hmm. having babies. So it's like, I don't understand, like, why is there still a stigma around it? You know what I mean? Like, I think it's one of those things that, like, people just aren't, they're not talking about it. It's like, while you, it's like, let's hurry up and get her pregnant. Let's just mm-hmm. quickly cast her aside with all the 20-something-year-olds. Let's mm-hmm. make her feel like shit during the whole birth experience. And then once she has her baby, <laughs> yeah. we're just going to ignore the fact that we did all that to her. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's just, 
Mm-hmm. It's just they quickly just kind of want to sweep it under the rug. They don't really like talk about it. Um, mm-hmm. But according to the U.S. Cons- uh, Census Bureau, Consensus Bureau, <laughs> mm-hmm. Census Bureau, data collected over the past 30 years shows that fertility rates of women ages 20 to 24 has declined by 43%, while the rates of women ages 35 to 39 has increased by 67%, which is mm-hmm. crazy, but it makes sense to me. I mean, if you mm-hmm. think about it, like, Back in the day, you know, women weren't really encouraged to go to school. They weren't really, mm-hmm. you know, to college. They weren't really encouraged to leave the house and work, which, by the way, Sonia and I both have a bone to pick with whatever woman thought that she needed to fight mm-hmm. for the right. For the right. To, to be all, equal for to all women men. to go to work because listen, yeah. and I know we're going to get some hate on this, but listen, yeah. I am totally fine with not being an equal to my husband mm-hmm. and staying the fuck home and not mm-hmm. working and like tending right. to the house and the child right. and the pugs. Like I don't need right. to be at that level. I don't right. need to drive a truck. I don't need to drive a tractor. I don't, Mm-mm. I don't even need Mm-mm. to wear pants. Like I will no. give up pants mm-hmm. if it means that I get to stay home. So that's mm-hmm. a whole other tangent, but I'm just mm-hmm. going to put that out there. But I mean, But I mean, okay, so like I understand our need as like half of the household to be able to vote. I understand that part of it. But fighting so that we can work and, you know, climb the ladder at a corporation while also getting pregnant, giving birth, and tending to an entire other human being. Yeah, it's because this human being isn't isn't in our bodies anymore. They're they're outside of our bodies and they Mm-mm. can't hold their head up when they're born. Um, you know, let alone do anything else for themselves. Like I don't understand why we fought to be all of those things all at the same time. I don't time. know. But yeah, anyway, I don't know. I digress. I definitely wasn't a part of that conversation because I, I wasn't either so fast. No, no so I wasn't fast. either. I, I, I don't but know. But I think like, you know, getting back to the point i think like you know (laughs) with the average age of motherhood rising you know Mm -hmm. it's it's increased up to 67 percent with these Mm -hmm. old hags having babies sorry we're not old hags but you know what i mean um so why is there such a stigma associated with being an older mom like why is that still a thing like it just doesn't make sense Um, right i was also reading so there was a study published in the journal health Uh, It was published in the journal Health, Risk, and Society from Concordia University. I might be saying that incorrectly. Apologize. Um, Political science professor Francesca Scala analyzes the stigma against older mothers. For her research, she reviewed policy documents, government reports, professional statements, and guidelines from organizations such as Canadian Medical Association containing terms such as advanced maternal age, delayed childbearing, older mothers and infertility. They found three representations of older mothers as risk-producing subjects, unnatural mothers, and get ready for this, and (laughs) irresponsible reproductive citizens. (laughs) Oh, that's a good one. Maybe we should have irresponsible. That's what we should okay, name this thing. Okay, new podcast, new Ooh. podcast name. We are now the irresponsible reproductive citizens. Whoops. You're My welcome. bad. What the <laughs> fuck is that? Are you kidding me? So obviously, I don't I mean, these unflattering descriptions not only amplify the stigma, um, but they are basically holding mothers responsible for their infertility and unlikelihood to have a healthy baby. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I know, you know, for me, like while I was trying to get pregnant, like I, I just assumed that it was because, you know, of my ancient, my ancient ovaries and my, you know, shriveled up prune eggs and mm-hmm. it was my fault for waiting too long and, you know, this and that. And so, you know, no wonder I have these thoughts in my head, you know, like yeah. this is out there. This is what society is is teaching us. And it's just crazy. I can't get it. Irresponsible, reproductive citizens. Right. Like, it's like, it's It's just, I I don't know. I can't get over. It's just like, I can't help but laugh. Like, it's just so crazy. It's so crazy. Right. And I mean, (laughs) you know, I guess, I guess that could definitely lead us into our topic of the risk factors of geriatric pregnancy, such as increased chances of having a baby with Down syndrome. Um, These risks all play into the stigmatization of older mothers as unnatural. Studies have shown that fathers um, of advanced paternal age can also contribute to birth defects and a higher risk of miscarriage, but no one is calling them irresponsible or labeling them geriatric fathers. Um, I never knew that, by the way. Really? I didn't know. Sorry to cut you off. Yeah, I didn't no. know that a father could mm-hmm. play. But it makes sense because if his sperm is, is shit, then like, <laughs> you know, it's not going to like produce a viable embryo and it's not going to be successful with implantation. Right. And it's all, right. it's not just all on the mother's end, but right. geriatric fathers. Right. That's another one. That's crazy too. That's that's definitely a stigma that we could probably like talk an episode about. But there's at some not point. though. That's the thing. I don't think there's a stigma. Like I was talking to Adam the other night about this when I was putting together mm-hmm. this um, outline and you know, you have like I think it was like Robert De Niro, he was like had a kid when he was like eighty and you had like Hugh Hefner was like still popping mm-hmm. out kids and his like yeah. when he was hundred and seventy four. But like right. nobody no, taught like it's that's like, irresponsible. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, he's not. I don't think anybody's ever lived that long. But you know what I mean? Like, it's like when it comes to a guy, it's like they can just keep pumping women up as old Mm -hmm. as they want to be. And it's Mm -hmm. not a problem. But when it's a woman who's carrying the child, who's birthing the child, all of a sudden, and it's like, oh, my God. Right. What's wrong with that? That and, like, let's talk about, like, fertility. I feel like most women take upon, like, take fertility issues upon themselves and think that it's, it's all about them and, like, their possible fertility issues when they haven't had the testing done. And then once they have testing done, they realize, like, a big part of it is, you know, issues going on with the man in the relationship. Um, so that's another thing I feel like Mm -hmm. isn't really talked about. I mean, infertility is mostly associated, not mostly, but it's usually associated with the women, the woman's body. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I remember I definitely was holding that on myself. I'm like, what did I do mm-hmm. wrong? Is it something right. I ate? You know, did right. I party a little too much? Did right. I diet incorrectly growing right. up? You know what I mean? So did it's I like- Did I fry my eggs? Yeah. Did I fry my eggs? <laughs> <laughs> so sorry. Just like need to, need to go back to risks real quick. So other risks um, involved with geriatric pregnancy is of course um, I'm sure we've all heard of it preeclampsia and gestational diabetes being and um, you know other just genetic issues that can happen mm-hmm. with babies um, but again I feel like these are things didn't that I've Tiffany seen didn't Tiffany get both didn't Tiffany have preeclampsia did she get preeclampsia so I know she had just I know she had just yeah 
gestational diabetes, but didn't she get preeclampsia too? We'll have to ask her. Possibly towards the end. I know for me, um, during the last two weeks of being pregnant with Annabelle, um, you got they it. felt like, yeah, preeclampsia right. okay. kind of like, set in. I know in. somebody in our circle. Yeah. You, you got preeclampsia. Yeah. Yeah. I think Tiffany had, um, was it, um, gosh, what is it when it's like. When like the, her placenta was on top of. Yes. Wasn't it um, like the placenta or no, yeah. the placenta and was I, on the bottom. He was sitting on the placenta or something like that. Yeah. Um, I don't remember. It was scary though. Yeah. We'll have to have her mention that next week for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Well, technically she would have already mentioned it because right. like this is episode three and she's um. in episode two. <laughs> we cut that out. So we're going to like go, no, we're leaving that in cause it's hilarious. We're going to go back in time and we're going to yeah. ask her about it. <laughs> yeah. We're going to go back in time and you know, I guess you guys know we've been recording today. So it's not yeah, we've already mentioned that. It's fine. <laughs> we haven't been drinking. I promise. No, <laughs> would, I'm just sipping on my iced tea. No, no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. um, You know, my personal experience with the stigma of being an older parent, I mean, I think the first time I heard of geriatric pregnancy was when I was sitting in the IVF office for like our first consult and our doctor was like (laughs) leaning back in the chair he's very confident man he had you know he'd done a good job he got a lot of women pregnant um so he's like leaning back in his chair with his fingers you know on his mouth and he's like you know and with geriatric pregnancies such as you know this which is you know which he was assuming that we were going to get pregnant and i just kind of like my brain just kind of like stopped him there because i didn't i couldn't follow the rest of what he was saying um and then i think like when we get got in the car i like started googling it because it was just like no it was like so nonchalant and i needed to try to figure out what was out what else was going on with the with the appointment and like our prognosis and all of that. So I Googled it when we got in the car and it's like, wow, I'm like a geriatric pregnancy once I conceive. Um, and that was just like news to me. And I, at first I was a little offended. Um, and I was like, why can't they come up with some other name for it? But then I just didn't care because I was so excited to get pregnant and, you know, go through the process. Um, and I just, I guess I just naturally leaned in. Sometimes it takes me yeah. a second to absorb and, and accept. And then I'm, then I'm all for no, it. I'm the same way. I hear like the term and I, I remember just like reading it and I was like, well, clearly they mean like that lady who was like 75 who like right. got pregnant. Like that's who they're talking about. And then it was right. like, no, anybody over 35. I'm like, the fuck? Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? One thing really yeah. quickly, I started laughing when you were talking about your fertility doctor um, got a lot of women <laughs> pregnant. So did you see that Netflix documentary um about that ivf doctor i think it was called like our father or something like that oh my have you seen it do you no. know where i'm going with this oh my no. god you need to look this up no. yeah so his i was just i just googled his name it's dr donald klein um mm. and yes it's on netflix and mm-hmm. so this says um netflix our father tells the true story of a fertility doctor who used his own sperm on no. patients, yes. Oh. Uh, during the 1970s and 80s, a fertility specialist in Indiana named Dr. Donald Klein inseminated dozens of patients with his own sperm without 
their knowledge or consent. So there's literally, he has like hundreds of fucking kids. And so (gasps) they were all, so could you imagine like you and Mike, right? You're going through this whole fertility shit. You get pregnant through IVF, a miracle. Mm -hmm. She's amazing. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. let's say like later in life, she decides to do 23 and me. And (laughs) it comes out that like Mike's not her father. Jeez. And it's your fucking doctor. Your doctor gave you his sperm (laughs) and created like, what do you even do with that information? Yes. Yes. No, I'm like, you need to watch it. It's, it's like literally what nightmares are made of. Yeah. That is um, seriously awful. Why would you you have something like that? So he literally has like hundreds of kids. I don't even know like how many, oh wait, let's see how many are there. Okay, so he's currently is 94 Klein siblings. However, it's thought that there could be more. Like, they (gasps) don't really know because he was doing this for so long. These poor people. (laughs) That's awful. I'm laughing because it's an uncomfortable topic. I'm not laughing because I think it's hilarious. It's fucking disgusting. It's traumatizing. Yeah. Yeah. So when you said, like, oh, our fertility fertility doctor got (laughs) many women pregnant, I was like... (laughs) This is named Dr. Klein by chance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Our funny. Father on Netflix. You need to check it out. It's, no, uh, I feel like that was like, that was really, that's a crazy story. I'm glad that it's there. I'm going to watch it tonight. <laughs> I'm going to make Mike watch yeah. it. Yeah, you and do. Then he's, yeah, gonna, do it. But you know what? Annabelle also could be a spitting image of him. So, you know, he's got No, you're fine. About. There's no denying. Like, Annabelle is literally, because, like, for the first, mm-hmm. like, year of her li- life, she was literally a little Mike walking around. Yeah. And then she now really she's, like, you know, full on <laughs> two year old mode. Yeah. She's all you. Like, yeah. 1000%. There's she no really, denying really who is. she belongs right. to. But yeah, I couldn't. Oh my God. That, yeah. It's just like, it's just one of those, like, documentaries that you're literally the entire time, you're like, you never like, know what the, what what the fuck like yeah you it's never awful. know <laughs> yeah I know I know oh god ew 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 yeah oh my god um yeah back to stigmas <laughs> back to stigmas so I mean I think stigmas. the only other person because like I feel like my family was really behind me waiting in life um yeah. and being in the relationship that I'm in now and um having the career and you know just like being settled I think my family was really rooting for that um and then there was only one like one family member who like wasn't there like like fully aware of like how long we have been trying to get pregnant um and wasn't aware of like the whole ivf process like they might have known we were going through it but didn't realize you know like how long we waited for because of covid and yada yada and when uh we sent them the you know the notification i guess that we were pregnant they were just like oh wow congratulations starting a little late aren't we you know, something about like retirement doesn't look good to you or something like that. And, yeah. you know, I mean, we really just didn't think anything of it because we were so excited and we didn't, we didn't care. And, you know, some people just didn't even want to have kids and wanted to re- retire early and just live that vacation life. So, I mean, we just didn't even think anything of it. Yeah, I think my family was kind of the same. I mean, if if anybody had an issue with it or thought anything, they definitely didn't communicate that. I think what helped with me is the fact that my cousin Kate were um, 
literally legit five months, which actually, okay, her birthday's coming up soon. I'm like, did we miss yeah. it? Yeah. July 18th is her birthday. It's July. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so uh, we're exactly five months apart. And the fact that she waited as well later in life, mm-hmm. um, you know, I will say though, when she got pregnant and it was right around the time that we were trying and my family wasn't really, they didn't, I didn't tell anybody that we were struggling. I didn't tell anybody about the miscarriages. Sonia was really the only one that knew um, mm-hmm. outside of my, you know, Adam and I. Um, and so my family didn't know. So not knowing, you know, they, of course, you know, were, I got the little comments and I'm like, okay, so, you know, be nice if we had like two little, um, you know, babies running around here and, you know, are you next? Are you guys like interested or whatever? And, um, which obviously didn't help. That was not very helpful. Um, you know, when you're struggling and stuff and also having that pressure. Um, I think for me, when it comes to like the stigma, it's like, I am like, I am like the biggest bully to myself. Like Mm -hmm. I literally like, if people could hear the things that I say to myself on a daily basis, (laughs) they would be like, are you okay? Like I, I'm horrible to myself. And when I was going through all of the struggles um, that I was going through, I just kept like having little flashbacks of in my twenties, um, you know, at beauty school, uh, Sonia had a mutual friend and she would say to me, like, you know, you're not getting any younger. It's harder the older you get to have babies. Um, you should really, like, think about it. And I didn't even really have, like, a stable boyfriend at the time, like, let mm-hmm. alone even thought about being married. And I was just like, it was the thought was just so far out of my mind. And then again, like, at our um, bridal shower, we had another mutual friend um, also kind of made a comment, you know, like, oh, you're going to start having kids right away. You're not getting any younger. And so it's like, I just, first of all, want to thank the people that decided that it was really important to let me know that I wasn't getting any younger because I actually thought that's the way that age worked. I thought (laughs) you start off old as fuck and then Mm -hmm. you actually Benjamin button your ass all the way until you're like a fucking infant again. So I really thought that I was going to get younger. Right. Obviously I'm being sarcastic. Obviously. Um, It was just like unwanted, you know what I mean? Like, thoughts and it's just like thank Mm -hmm. you that's not helpful awesome goodbye right kindly fuck off um so when i we were struggling i just had like those voices in my head like well what did you expect we told you Mm -hmm. so we told you that it was going to be hard so here you are why are you acting Mm -hmm. so surprised like maybe if you didn't wait so long you know you wouldn't have lost your baby. Maybe if you waited so long, you wouldn't be struggling the way that you are. Like mm-hmm. you did this to yourself, you know, it could mm-hmm. have been easier for you, but you decided to wait and da da da. Mm-hmm. And so it's like that shit was playing in my head. And I think mm-hmm. for me, like also it was partly why I kind of was very tight lipped about everything we were going through because mm-hmm. I assumed that th- that the voices that I was hearing in my head was basically like a preview of what was probably going to be truly said to my face, you know, Mm -hmm. and it was hard enough hearing it internally. I didn't want to hear it outside. And, and truthfully, nobody would have said that shit to me. Honestly, I don't think they would have the, the people that, you know, I'm thinking of, they would, they would never in their life say that to me, but internally because of the society, the stigma around it and the way that society is and has, you know, instilled in us the protocols of this is the age that you do this at, this is the age that you do this at. And then if you do anything outside of it, it's like, oh shit, well, you're going to have all these complications. Everything's going to go wrong. And then when it does, you're like, well, 
they fucking told me so. And so here yeah. I am, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I want to, I want to make sure that we make something very clear though. Like we're not like, we're not promoting people waiting later in life to have mm-hmm. kids. We're not right, like, no. just be a teen mom. We're not We'd advocating. Rather. Honestly, rather. if I could rewind, <laughs> Adam and I joke about this all the time that I, if I could rewind history, like I would mm-hmm. literally be a teen mom. I, mm-hmm. I could have five kids by now. I'd mm-hmm. be like retired. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, no, I don't regret anything. It's fine. Mm-hmm. But no, but seriously, like we're not, we're not promoting. We're not like, yes, there are health risks involved, right? There's like we, Sonia mentioned preeclampsia, gestational diabetes. You can have a kid with, you know, um, some have some health problems. So like, there are all those things. And honestly, if it's an idea, the ideal situation is to get pregnant when you're fertile as fuck, which is in your twenties mm-hmm. and early thirties. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is that doesn't always work out like that. Like that's not mm-hmm. always the plan. Like it's okay to have your own life. It's okay to have your own goals. It's okay to be selfish for a while. Yeah. You are going to probably have some troubles, but as long as you're okay with that, then that's fine. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, it's like, it's becoming such of a common thing now that it's like, we really need to like move away from, from that mindset because it's just, Mm -hmm. it's not, you know, it's not, I mean, there's, there's honestly a lot of, of actual, when you really think about it, there's actually a lot of benefits to Mm -hmm. being a geriatric mama. Mm -hmm. Um, I think this is actually kind of a good segue to, go into our next topic (laughs) yeah so i mean i think (laughs) i I think like just seeing (laughs) like you know like when we were going through some of our struggles it wasn't something that i would really like always be talking about but i would talk about it a little bit here and there and i would you know hear some of the struggles that people had having having younger kids so like some of the benefits that i really noticed is you know obviously there's better financial circumstances a lot of the time because um either either myself or you have focused on your career um or your husband has focused on developing their career so like the financial stability is you know usually going to be better. Mike and I did a lot of traveling and, you know, had a great time in the the beginning stages of of our relationship. And then also through to, you know, before we were able to have Annabelle. So having time to travel and just kind of do what we want to do. And then just kind of knowing ourselves better. That's, you know, that's a big one for me. Yeah. That's a a huge one for me. Like I was Mm -hmm. like, just like a shell of a woman, you know, in yeah. my mid twenties when I was Same. supposed to have a child. Um, mm-hmm. and I would not have wanted that woman to raise my child. Right. <laughs> so. No, same here. It's, yeah. it's the truth. You know, I mean, we're still young. We're still kind of kids in our twenties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and you know, to kind of bounce off of that, some of the downside, um, to having a child at a younger age, um, you know, is 
the lack of financial stability, uh, lack of maternity leave, being forced to grow up too soon, missing out on life and meaningful experiences, lack of maturity. I mean, there's, I, I have several friends that I went to high school with that I see, you know, who have like several kids, they have this like beautiful family, but like when it really comes down to it, it's like, what do you have outside of that family? What do you, what do you have out? Like when you take your babies away, when the babies leave the nest, what do you have? That's yours. Like, mm -hmm. what do you do? And, and I'm not talking down to that life. Like everybody chooses a different path and that's great, but it's like, you know, the grass is always greener on the other side, right? Like, it's mm -hmm. not like, you know, we joke about like, I, oh, I would love to be a teen mom. <laughs> like, let's just knock it out early. But it's like, really though, you know, it's like you miss out on like, you know, a lot of fun stuff. Like mm -hmm. I had a lot of fun. Sonia and I had a mm -hmm. lot of fun in our twenties. We partied a lot. Mm -hmm. We've experienced things, a mm -hmm. lot of things and yeah. we don't regret it. And we loved it. And it's like, I wouldn't have been able to, I wouldn't have met my husband um, right. had I not waited later in life. You know, I right. literally packed up my little Tercel or Corolla at the time and traveled from Maine to California with my pug and a dream. And I met my husband who's from Texas. And then we moved to Texas. Everybody around me who completely went into that little like societal norm path of like, okay, first you graduate high school, then you graduate college, and then you get married, then you have kids. Like they were looking at me like I was crazy and I mm -hmm. probably was crazy, but that's fine. That's me. That was my journey. And it got me where I am today, you know? So, um, I would have missed out on all the things I wouldn't, I wouldn't be the person I am today. I wouldn't have the things that I have today. Um, had I played it safe, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And like yeah. we said in benefits of geriatric mama, just like the overall feeling of knowing yourself. I feel like when I was, you know, back when we were having fun and just like partying and like all that stuff, I didn't really know um, necessarily what direction I wanted to take myself in terms of my interests and my job or my hobby. And I think both are equally as important. Maybe like just having an outlet to express yourself, whether that be in a job or a hobby, um, I think is really important. And back then I didn't really know myself enough to know exactly what direction I wanted to go. Um, mm -hmm. so I think that that is just, you know, something that I wouldn't, I definitely wouldn't have done for myself had I had a baby, um, and a child just because now I just dedicate so much of myself to her that I know I would have done that back then too, because pregnancy and having a baby changes you into that. And I just wouldn't have known, Hey, I like doing makeup or Hey, I like photography right. or I like blogging. And you know, mm -hmm. I wouldn't have known any of that. No. Yeah. We wouldn't be doing this. We would be talking to you guys. Right. So really like you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. Really? That we're geriatric you're welcome. Mamas. You're welcome that we're geriatrics. You're welcome that we did things backwards. We made things harder for ourselves. We truly did it all for you guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's talk about like ways that we can change the stigma because I mm -hmm. think, you know, it's not going to change overnight. It's going to be a thing for a while, but like what, you know, what can be done to change it? Um, you know, when I really like think about it, it's like, you know, maybe instead of focusing on a woman's biological clock, I think there needs to be more discussion about how social and economic forces shape a woman's path into motherhood. Um, like we talked about 
how it's like considered normal to, you know, go from like college to getting married to having kids and da 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 da. And it's mm-hmm. like, why does it have to be the only path? You know what I mean? Like, there's so many different directions um, that, you know, people can go in. Why not support a woman um, to have a child for during their ideal time, not what society's mm-hmm. ideal time is for them? You know, like mm-hmm. everybody is different. What's the ideal time for me isn't the ideal time for Sonia. Well, although it probably kind of was, was the same it turned timeline. out to but be. It turned out to be the same timeline. Um, but, you know, rather focusing on, you know, the negatives of like, oh, well, if you're you older mom, there's so many things that could go wrong. Like, you know, you could have a child with Down syndrome, you could um, get diabetes, you could have all these like health risks, and you could lose the child. Why not mm-hmm. offer more resources around how to prepare um, mm-hmm. them for the pregnancy? So like, what supplements does mama need to ensure that she's getting the proper nutrients for her baby? What diet should she be following to increase optimal health? What methods mm-hmm. can she follow to reduce stress? You know, what can she do to help protect her baby? Because there's, we're not denying the fact that, yeah, okay, there is a higher risk there it's there, mm-hmm. you know, we're not saying that it's not. So instead of like literally scaring the shit out of her with all mm-hmm. these things that could go wrong, why not offer her a lot of resources and love and support of things that she can do to help her experience, mm-hmm. you know? Um, that's just my two cents. Yeah. And Any I think, <laughs> I think, you know, there are a lot of naturopathic doctors out there who probably went through a lot of the same stuff that we did and have dedicated their careers to trying to do exactly what you're talking about. But they're, you know, their voices aren't always what you hear first, because a lot of the times, you know, that what you're hearing when you go to the doctor, a medical doctor is, um, is different and naturopathic and homeopathic and all of those kind of practices aren't really pushed on people as much as just normal medical practice. So I think, um, I think naturopathy and, you know, holistic, um, holistic medicine is, you know, coming more to the forefront, but I just truly wish it was happening a little bit faster. Yeah. And maybe that's something that, you know, on our podcast and in our blog, we could interview a naturopathic or, um, a holistic, um, <sighs> doctor or two or, or my, 10. Mm-hmm. I wonder if I could get my acupuncturist on here. Ooh, that would be perfect. While, she'd yeah. be a really good one. She's amazing. She literally opened my eyes to like, yeah, holistic, the whole, like there were times when, you know, during everything, like there was a time where I was taking like 20 plus supplements a day Mm -hmm. and I literally broke out into hives. (laughs) Like (laughs) my body couldn't handle everything. It could not break everything down. And I went to an allergist. I had like so much blood work done. They couldn't figure out what it was that was giving me hives. Um, And the thing with hives is they're almost like really hard to treat because it's like, it's not like the location site of where you're getting it isn't necessarily like the, the ca- root cause. It's usually mm-hmm. deeper than that. So my acupuncturist was like, immediately, she's like, your liver's having a hard time breaking things down. I want you to bring in all of your supplements. 
I literally brought in this like bag. It was like a big target bag filled with all my supplements. And during one of my appointments, she went through and she was reading the ingredients. And when I got out of my appointment, she's like, okay, I want to stop you to stop taking all of these. You're only going to take, she had me to continue. Um, well, she had me switch my prenatal. I was on, on one prenatal that had a lot of stuff in it. Um, and then she had me go back to, um, Ritual, actually, that's mm -hmm. what I was on because it had like the least amount of synthetics and it was really good. We are not sponsored by Ritual. However, Ritual, nope. what's up? Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, but yeah, so she had me go back to Ritual. So I was taking vitamin D. Did I continue my vitamin D? Yeah, vitamin D, Ritual, and then um, and then uh, wheat germ oil, which is basically a pure form of vitamin E. So she had mm -hmm. me on those three only for two weeks. Well, actually, for the first two weeks, it was just my prenatal. And then mm -hmm. on the week three is when I included the vitamin D and whatever. My hives mm -hmm. literally went away after like four days. They were gone. Mm -hmm. And they haven't been yeah. back. So yeah. she basically taught me. She's like, listen, she's like, when we, um, your liver shows signs of distress through your skin. And so whenever we're having a hard time filtering things through our liver, it usually presents itself through hives, hot spots, some kind of irritation. It's, mm -hmm. it's usually a sign that there's something going on in your liver. Um, mm -hmm. And so, yeah, she's just amazing. She also had helped out with, um, I had like a few ovarian cysts that were popping up. Anybody that's been going through um, IVF treatments. Hold on, let me just grab him real quick. I have the culprit. I'm sorry. <laughs> It's okay. He's making a bunch of noise hey, up Jeez. in the bedroom too. So say hi, Auntie. <laughs> He's like, just let me be involved, please. I have things right. to say. Right. Um, and there's nobody outside, so I don't know why he's barking. Anywho's. But yeah, so I was just saying, like, you know, um, I had a couple of cycles where I had like a cyst and they were gonna have to skip the cycle because they didn't want to risk the medications making the cyst bigger basically mm -hmm. if i'm saying that correctly um and so i was telling my acupuncturist about it i was really bummed out and she had me take this herb it's this like chinese herb um that i basically sprinkled in my tea at night and by my next appointment which was just like three or four days later the cyst had shrunk dramatically it shrunk mm -hmm. so much that they were able to move forward with that cycle we didn't have to skip the cycle and mm -hmm. so I've seen it with my own eyes that holistic medicine and you know um is is real and it's a thing and yeah. and it's it's just opened my eyes that it's like there's not just one way of treating things and just because science says that you know we're geriatric and these the studies have shown xyz it's not the end all be all like with every right. statistic, there's always outliers. There's always people that there are up here and there's people that are down here, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's like my cousin Kate is one of them. You know, she was mm -hmm. 36. She got pregnant right away. No mm -hmm. problems. Everything was great. Um, you know, and then you have people like Sonia and I who struggled a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. You have Sonia whose body really responded well to IVF and you have mine that really responded better to a more natural approach. And so mm -hmm. um, I feel like I'm getting off topic a little bit, but, but That's yeah. Okay. So just kind of going on with your, you know, all natural. I'm a huge believer. Yeah huge fan of it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I um, think speaking, actually, this is a really good, sorry. No, it's okay. Did you have something to say before I go into it? No, I think I just like one that I want to bring up. <laughs> yeah, no, go ahead. 
Talk about it. Well, I was, you know what I'm going to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like, this is just like a really good segue to talk about Kourtney Kardashian. Yes. Because she is, if anybody follows, okay. So first of all, we just want to have it out right now. Sonny and I are Kardashian fans. Mm -hmm. So anybody that's a hater to Kardashians, I'm so sorry, but like, (laughs) you're just going to have to take that attitude someplace else because we love Kardashians. We follow their show. um, We follow along with their lives. We feel like we know them. um, We find them very entertaining and um, it's just, it's just what it is. So you're just going to have to deal. (laughs) But um, so Kourtney Kardashian, uh, and now husband Travis Barker had been trying for a while to have a baby mm-hmm. together. Courtney is 44, I think mm-hmm. now. Um, she has three other kids with Scott Disick. Um, I think Travis has two kids with a mm-hmm. prior marriage. I need two, to look yes. that up. But um, so, yeah, they tried. They did, I think, I don't know how many rounds of IVF they did. Um, I think they did a, a couple. Um, and it just didn't turn into anything and she's a huge fan of um natural remedies and one of the remedies that she's like all about is called a is it a yoni steam or yeah. what is it yoni? basically you yeah, steam your vagina yoni. yes it's a vagina steaming yeah like basically you sit and she was telling her sisters about it on an episode and she's just like <laughs> she's like i'm gonna treat you all to into a yoni steam you can they stick things up there like flowers and stuff mm-hmm. and it's just like i mean i don't know how I feel about sticking she things can, up there, but like, yeah. I don't know, maybe like, maybe I could be a fan of a good steam if it's going to yeah. like, maybe she could treat us my to eggs a good fresh. Steam. <laughs> maybe we could reach out and be like, Hey, Courtney, we need a Yoni steam. <laughs> Hook us up. Where can do I we get go? A good for steamy this? vagina. Yeah. <laughs> steamy <laughs> vagina. Maybe that should be the title of this episode. Steamy vagina. Steamy maybe vagina. <laughs> That sounds good no to me. No one's going to listen to it. <laughs> oh, my God. So funny. No, no but I she's saw pregnant. Their news. I know. At 44, she's pregnant. Mm-hmm. And I – so mm-hmm. I was trying to figure this out. I fell down a huge rabbit hole. I was trying to figure out, like, did she get pregnant through IVF? Did she get pregnant through, like, whatever? But I think they got pregnant naturally. I think mm-hmm. they – I think it was just all of, like, the holistic measures that she had done. They were eating right. They were – watching you know they were dieting they were doing their steaming parts of their bodies um mm-hmm. and i think it just like worked for them parts so. of their bodies yes <laughs> they sure were <laughs> i wonder if he steamed anything if he steamed yeah. his gooch a good gooch steam <laughs> you should tell mike you're treating him to a good gooch steam see what he I, says i I'm sure he would give me one of those Mike looks like, uh, and then he would accept it because he just accepts most things (laughs) eventually. (laughs) Oh my God. So good. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, so she is pregnant 44. When I saw Mm -hmm. the news, I actually teared up because it's like, I, I mean, their journey to it. Like Mm -hmm. I just really like felt for them because I know how badly they wanted that. Yeah. Um, It was really, really important. And like the way that she like, told him do you think he knew beforehand oh i definitely think, think that's he the way? knew i think she he already knew. had a belly yeah she already had a belly she was very securely pregnant before you know right. making the announcement so i think he definitely knew about it um but everybody's like oh my god they're trying to play it off but it's like the thing is is she wasn't like she was reenacting a music video she was reenacting right. blink um 
Right. Which was it all small things? Like she was reenacting a scene yes. from a music video. And yes, so like that was things. like part of the scene. And so that's that's that is how they were telling people. Like right. Travis was just like so overjoyed cute. to see her and would be so right. excited to like, you know, have it come out. I think that's what we're seeing. We weren't mm -hmm. seeing like him being told for the first yeah. time. I think yeah. that was just kind of like how they were like presenting it. Yeah. Um, but there's no way he didn't he didn't know. Because she very right. much looks right i think pregnant. at first like at first what hit the news was that like that's how travis that's like was her announcement to travis but really then right. everyone kind of figured out that that was how they had planned they were, to yeah announce exactly it. yeah and it was so oh cute like goodness. that's genius it's genius so it's a boy right mm -hmm. boy or a girl boy it's a boy i think it's sorry i had it's to a think boy. yeah yeah i can't remember Mm -hmm. so oh my god so cute i know um, but yeah so also um guys i put together so one thing that i did that really like um i'm one of those people that like when i am like engulfed in something so it's like you know with fertility right like i was trying to get pregnant i was like down the rabbit holes, falling asleep with my iPad on my chest, researching, is it too late for me? Like what are, what other women have, like <laughs> in my age group, like have gotten pregnant. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, you want, you want to see that there's women out there like you, that you, especially women that you like look up to and admire mm -hmm. that, you know, that are, have, have made it, have, have gotten mm -hmm. pregnant, you know, later in life. And so, um, I used to research, um, women and with this whole thing with Courtney, it really kind of like, I fell down this rabbit hole of doing the same thing. Like, okay, well, Courtney, like everybody's like the buzzer on her at 44. Well, there were like, there's like so many women actually. Um, well, of course we know hundred thousand women, whatever, but mm -hmm. there's so many celebrities that like, I didn't even like know of. Um, mm -hmm. And some of them have some really like painful stories that they were really, you know, candid about. And so um, we did put together a blog um, and it is uh, 30 celebrities who conceived in their 40s. So definitely mm -hmm. check that out. It is up at geriatricmamas.com. Um, and yeah, there's, yeah, I really get into it. I think it was Janet Jackson had mm -hmm. her baby boy at, in her fifties. Um, Meryl Streep, uh, mm -hmm. had her child later in life. Um, Celine Dion, Celine Dion was in her 40. There's, yeah. I mean, there's like, there's so Rachel there's McAdams, so many. Cameron Diaz that we know mm -hmm. of. I think she was in her fifties when she, yeah. So mm -hmm. there's a ton of them there. Um, some really cool stories. I found uh, most of them pretty relatable. So, mm -hmm. um, I don't know. It's just like when you're going through that, it's just like, it's good to know you're not alone. Right. Sometimes you just need that little, like, pick me up. You know, right. It's like, and every person's story okay. is different. And that's what I love mm -hmm. about the blog post. You guys really do need to go and check it out. Well, I think that's, yeah, we have for everybody. So, yeah. We want to just thank you all for listening. Be sure to tune in next week. Our BFF Tiffany is back and we're talking about the dark elephant in the room that's often ignored, which is miscarriages, a topic that's uncomfortable, but not talked about enough. Follow, subscribe, rate, and review us. Tell a friend. We need all the support we can get from you. Um, for more info, you can check out our website at www.geriatricmamas.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at geriatric underscore mamas, on Twitter at geriatric mamas, and follow our group page on Facebook, Geriatric Mamas. 
If you have a topic or idea that you'd like us to discuss, are interested in being a part, being a guest, or simply have a funny geriatric story to tell, you can email us at geriatricmamas at gmail.com. Woohoo! All right, thanks, guys.